Welcome back to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, North America's largest EV festival coming to a major city near you. Hello, hello, and welcome again to the Electrify News Podcast. I am Matt, again here with Joe. Welcome again to Electrify Expo Long Island. Again, it's looking great today, and we're going to get some really cool conversations going with other people from the EV industry here today. So, Joe, you want to kick us off? Yeah, today we've got Zach Hurst from EV Resource joining us today. And Zach, like so many other people who are here today visiting, you're actually shopping for a new vehicle. You're looking for a new motorcycle. Yeah, I uh, I used to have a couple bikes, and it's been a good decade or so. And, <laughs> you know, uh, my wife and I both, we miss just the freedom of feeling the air, you know, as you're riding along. Like, cars are great. Don't get me wrong. Cars are wonderful. But you're enclosed in a glass and steel cage, and you don't experience the world around you. And now that the the electric world is really coming to life with a lot of options for two wheels or even three wheeled bikes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that, that's a good way to look at it, right? Because we've got, you know, Harley Davidson's here with their live wire brand, their live wire electric motorcycle that now they have two bikes, right? They have the mm-hmm. live wire one, which is their original kind of big UJM style, do it all bike. Then they have that smaller bike. That's the Del Mar. That's got a little bit more of a, uh, like a flat tracker kind of feel. Yeah. But even beyond that, we've got Zero, we've got Energica, we've got, you know, uh, Kawasaki, Honda have all promised things coming out in the next couple of years. So, like, the, the industry is really going that way. But how do you feel about a lot of these e-bike brands that are 45, 50, 60 mile an hour brands that kind of blur the line there? I love the idea, uh, especially, and you were mentioned, you know, higher speeds, but for around town, you can find, like, a... a you know, a level three bike or something that'll do close to 30 miles an hour. And yep. that's plenty for like, we live in Richmond, Virginia. If you're riding around town, you don't need to be going faster than that. I mean, most of the time in traffic, you're not going to be able to do much faster than that anyway. So I love the idea of like an uh, e-bike, even if it's something that you has like a pedal assist or full drive. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, so Something to just get get out there and have some fun. So that's the thing is is on the two wheel side of it. That's that's more of kind of like you said, getting out and just kind of having more of an adventure. So, but you have both EVs and you're looking for an electric motorcycle. That's right. Yeah. Well, right. You've got an electric car and you drove here from PA, right? Uh, from Virginia. Yeah. So we've got a Model Three Standard Range Plus, and I was just telling Matt like the whole way up when we needed to stop for us, we plugged in wherever we were, Tesla supercharger. And when we were done, we unplugged and left. Not once on the entire trip up here from Virginia did we wait for the car to finish charging. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So what that describes, and this is part of what Joe and I talk about a lot, is that people don't understand that, that the infrastructure is, in a lot of ways, is there. And it doesn't have to revolve around stopping for the car as much as you can just drive it as you would have normally driven the last car you had that didn't run on electricity. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this didn't change my trip whatsoever. Absolutely. And I mean, most of the time, especially coming up here on 95, you know, traffic's pretty heavy. We had made one stop. And when we rejoined traffic, we were right at the same point in line with everybody else that we were a half hour before. It had not moved. Oh, man. So it's like (laughs) it was like a free stop, basically, time wise. It didn't affect how long it took to get up here at all. And I mean, we've gotten like my wife and I, we are at the point in our lives where we don't want to drive a thousand miles and stop once for five minutes to refuel like there's no way the people that ask for that i'm like no 
<laughs> Those, they have no, bladders sorry. the size of igloo coolers. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. I mean, every hour and a half hour, we're stopping. And so we just plugged in while we were there because, of course, Tesla and the supercharger network, I mean, we passed more superchargers than we used. Yeah. But, I mean, but that's kind of the beauty of, of all technology. You know, like when the iPhone first came out and it was like kind of the first of that era of smartphone and then there was this explosion of product and capability, and then you had a 32 gigabyte, and then 128, and then the 512. You know, as that has progressed, you know, you're starting to see that here as well. And if you know, if you are that guy who just says, "Man, I want to be able to drive a thousand miles and just stop for four minutes," you know, there are plug-in hybrids that'll make that happen for sure. you. And then the 364 days out of the year that you don't do that, <laughs> you're right. running on electric. Exactly. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, again, and there's good examples of that here at the show. I mean, you've got a good mix, for example, is, is Volvo. They've got the plug-in hybrids and they've got the pure electrics, and, and they have vehicles around the same size and style. And I think we're going to start seeing more of that from more manufacturers. But for the ones that are pure electric, we're seeing those ranges of you know, 250, 300 yeah. miles of range. Yeah. So as you described, that is completely going to work for a lot of people that are just going to get on the road and drive as they used yeah. to. Absolutely. Oh, but you got to look at also, you, know, you mentioned the Volvo. It's a great example, the seven-passenger SUV. You know, Toyota's got some great options too. And then you look at the Chrysler booth and they've got like a full size minivan. I mean, yep. You get up and yep. walk around in that thing. And, you know, nine times out of 10, any driving you're doing around town, taking the kids to soccer or whatever, you're not going to use a drop of gas. It's incredible. Absolutely. Not, not something I say often, but the Chrysler Pacifica plug-in hybrid is my favorite minivan. Now, granted, <laughs> there you go. it's like the only plug-in hybrid van option on, on the market right now. But I mean... It's great. Well, they've got it cornered, and what it proves, as you were just describing, is how do people use you know, certain types of vehicles, right? That minivan example. A lot of that is going to be in and out of the house, around town, day in, day out, soccer right. practice, things like yeah. that, going to the store, getting the kids in, getting the kids out. And that vehicle can do all of that without using a drop of gas almost all the time, mm-hmm. depending on what your day-to-day routine is. And then as you described, for those road trip warriors of like, we are going to go to grandma's and grandma's is 1,200 miles away, <laughs> you will use the gas for that one trip. But the amount of money it will save anybody who has that car, if they can fill up at home just by plugging in, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Well, but you know, you also, you're, you're talking about saving money, but you're also having that premium experience. You know, when, when we were talking 20 years ago about what made a Lexus a luxury car, what made a Mercedes-Benz a luxury car, it was the quiet, the smoothness, oh, yeah. that linear delivery of power. And all of these EVs have that now. Yep. So like, you really have that kind of superior ultra lux experience out of your everyday ride. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, question for you, Zach. So of the, of the vehicles that are here, so what, what have you driven that, that you don't own, I guess? I'm curious. Sure. <laughs> so I haven't driven anything here today. Okay. Um, and the big reason for that is I've driven most of the vehicles already or like the live wire you were mentioning. Uh, I'm going to be driving that next Saturday. Okay. So I could today, but I'm going to hold off and let everybody else have their fun. Uh, but I mean, I have driven most of the EVs that are available on the market in one way or another. Like if they, if they get to a dealership close by me. I'm harassing the staff there until they <laughs> <laughs> me first. Me well, but, I mean, but that's that's part of your thing. You're an enthusiast. You know, you've got your your EV resource website as well that yeah. that you know kind of speaks to the Northeast and the market here. How are you seeing? You know, we asked this question of ourselves earlier today. Is in the Northeast, in this like Long Island area, New York area, do you feel that the infrastructure is something that's still coming, or it's already here? Well, I think it's fair to say that the need for infrastructure over the next decade is there 
the demand will far outpace the supply. You know, so I mean, when it comes to charging, it's I mean that's an interesting conversation that'll take us days. <laughs> We've got <laughs> at about a high level at a, at a high level. What's you I know, guess yeah, what's high your level? I mean, there's enough for now, but we need more. Oh sure, no, like that's the easy way to put it for sure. I yeah. think too thinking about it that way is. Everybody here today that's coming to the show that, that, hasn't, that doesn't have the background that you have, that doesn't have the experience you have, if they have a house where they park a car at night in a garage or a driveway, they, they have the opportunity to fill up at home almost, what, 95% of the time? Oh, easily. Yeah. And, and that's a totally new way of understanding how to own and fuel a car, right? Yeah. So I, I guess maybe that's, that's something that Joe and I talk about oftentimes, too, is to what extent are people familiar with that? I think that people still don't really understand that. They've got great cars. They're getting a chance to drive, but that's a, that's a learning curve, right? When I tell people that every morning I wake up and I don't, I don't even think about charging anymore. Yeah. Like this is something in the last couple of weeks I've realized it's like, I don't think about refueling my car unless I'm on a trip. Right. Because when I'm around town, I don't even pay attention to my range anymore. Right. I'm just driving around doing whatever I need to do when I get in, uh, get home, I plug in. In the morning, the next day, I've got everything that I need for that day. Like, it's, it's no longer a part of the thought process. Right, yeah. So that is, I mean, if you have a home where you can plug in overnight, having an EV is almost a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, completely. Or if you have the ability to plug into a level two at work while yep. you're there yeah. for eight hours a yeah. day, you can, you can do that as well. While we were talking here, I know this is an audio podcast, so it's hard to do <laughs> visuals. But while we were here talking about motorcycles... Uh, the live wire one rolled up onto the stage here. Yeah, we got some eye candy. And uh, yeah, it looks phenomenal. You know, one of the things that I really love about this bike, we can talk about motorcycles all day long, but this bike especially, you have that sand casted frame, you have yeah. that cast swing arm. As you look through the, you know, the depth of the paint on the plastics, it is a, a, a different level to what you get from like, you know, and, and I say this as, a, as somebody who at one point described themselves as a Honda guy. You know, you don't get that level of paint from a CBR 600 or, sure. you know, a Kawasaki Vulcan or anything, right? Because that's kind of what they're known for is that quality of material and that depth there. And the transition from uh, the Harley Davidson model being a live wire to live wire as a brand, I think they've done a really good job with it. The way that they've kind of carried over the important aspects of electrification and like they've taken off the little bar and shields that used mm-hmm. to be hidden in the bolt covers and yeah. things like that. And all of those things to, to really do what I think is a successful rebrand because now it can stand on its own merits as you know a powerful, fast, electric motorcycle where without the, you know, we talk about this all the time, where is that legacy heritage, is that name recognition, is that brand, you know, cachet that it brings with it, is that a pro or a con when you're trying to launch such a different product like this? And yeah. I think- you know, Livewire did the, you know, Harley Davidson did the right thing by giving Livewire a chance to stand on its own merit. And it's a phenomenal machine. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, generally, when it comes to motorcycles, especially, you know, your Harley guys, I mean, they're diehard Harley guys. Yeah, that, that, is enthousi- that is an enthusiast market <laughs> if there ever was one. Absolutely. And yeah. you see that with a lot of different brands, especially towards the performance oriented mm-hmm. side of things. Well, like with Volvo and Polestar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. Polestar being able to kind of be separate and do their own thing while still having the support from parent companies, you know, that, I mean, they're fantastic vehicles. Like we had a Polestar actually through Enterprise for a month while our car was being worked on. And I loved a lot about it. You know, there was a lot of 
I mean, Polestar say they have no heritage, you know, <laughs> which <laughs> there's like, some hiding in there, right? <laughs> I'm like, uh, you kind of do. Like, I mean, you, you see the hints of, kind of, of a who nod they were to who they were. But I mean, that by being kind of separate, it allows them to focus, hyper focus, if yeah. you will, on the specific message that they want to send. And Polestar is all about performance. Yes. Yep. Performance and that. sustainability. You know, I mean, there are very few companies out there that are really pushing and promoting a vegan product, right? right. Like a yeah. completely yeah. animal free. There's no leather in it. There's mm-hmm. no, you know, there's no animal byproducts in the adhesives or anything like that. And you think about it, and especially in a market like New York or Manhattan or Southern California, that ability to say like, this is a truly animal friendly, sustainable vehicle that can be a hundred percent recycled. You know, one of the criticisms of EVs that comes up over and over again is how do you recycle the battery? Well, yeah, but it's like also that. like, you know, Oh, it's so dirty to get the cobalt. It's so dirty to get the lithium. Isn't that kind of offsetting what you do? And it's like, no, because once it's out of the ground, you have it, you right. can use it and recycle it and reuse it. Once you pull the oil out of the ground and you burn it in the engine, it's gone. Well, you're transferring it from the ground to the atmosphere. That's what you're doing. Whereas, whereas with, yeah, with, with batteries, and we're getting kind of in the weeds of the technical <laughs> stuff here, but it's fun, right? There's a lot of people here that are probably going to have these questions too. And the battery part of it is a good discussion, which is once, like you said, once you get the minerals out of the ground, you create that battery, all these manufacturers are looking at how they are going to be sustainable with that practice. And it's really cool because you can take that EV battery and you know, a decade or more down the road when you finally say, I got to recycle this thing or do something else with it, you literally can. You yeah. can take all of it back to its original form and make a brand new battery just by recycling and reprocessing it. Right. And it's a brand new battery that's going to last probably longer than the original one because the software is going to be advanced. The controllers are going to have moved on. Depending on the, the mix of the minerals inside of the cell, all those things are well, going to happen. Well, just going to the 46 millimeter platform, you know, that, that Tesla has adopted, that Panasonic has adopted, that mm-hmm. now... Uh, Rimac and Porsche have adopted that 46 millimeter battery. The 4680. Well, it's 46 width by 80 tall. Look at him. He's Some companies are doing like a 4670. Yeah, 46 like, 110. Right. You know, yeah. it is. But that 46 millimeter. <laughs> Man, that, we're in the weeds right now. <laughs> so far. But I think we've that, lost you know, everybody. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> but the idea that, you know, that this can be recycled, this is something that once that carbon is spent to get it out of the ground, it's done. I mean, once you understand that, that objection goes away and you can really enjoy it and focus on the vehicle for what it is, which is a better product. And the cool thing, I was driving around Long Island for the last two days, like looking at public charging, meeting other drivers, like seeing what they were doing. And one thing that struck me is there was a lot of homes here in Long Island that have solar panels. I saw that. And I was like, you know, this is such a slam dunk for if you're going to fill up at home and, and then people will say, well, where does your power come from? Well, if you've got solar, yeah, you are filling up with the sun. And that just yes. adds to that element of like how you're being more sustainable. And I think it's cool that the automakers are, are you know, grabbing onto that and seeing how they can do that with their product and then how that translates into everyday, everyday yeah. life for people. I and when you have it all working together, it really supports and enhances the grid. That fear of, you know, what's the grid going to do if everybody plugs in their car at the same time? Well, that's going to be better. Oh, yeah. All the vehicles are going to help you manage that power load with their advanced controllers and software and everything else that I'm sorry, your microwave doesn't have. So for everybody here that's doing test drives today and just here to learn in for the first time, a lot of what you're hearing are going to be things you might hear about, you might read about. And again, for the expo and what Electrify News is for the podcast, we want to bring people like Zach on that can talk about this that are knowledgeable and really give people the opportunity to learn some of these little things because it's going to come up. 
it's going to come up. And well, especially someone who's local to the Northeast, because you're, you're a California guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm an from East Chicago. Coast guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and, and that's a big thing that I really love that you guys are here, like in Miami or here in New York, because the East Coast, a lot of the EV owners that we, when we live out here, we, all the actions happening in California and right. out to the West. And, 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 you know, in many ways, it's like, hey, you know, we're here. Hi. Like, don't forget about us. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny that you say that because if you look at, like, some of the electric water sports actions, you look at Tyga, you look at, you know, Flightboard that's here right now, you know, those guys are you know, Miami, New York. Like, they're doing, like, the really cool events. And, you know, I was talking to Rudy from Flightboard. He's going to go around the Statue of Liberty on one of those. That's and so that bonkers. is, like, that's so such crazy. a cool Wait, so BJ's trip. not going to do that? I don't know. He's gonna, BJ, he's you, I, I still think you should do it, man. <laughs> if you can hear this. BJ, if you can hear this, you got to do that. Well, listen, Zach, awesome. Definitely. Thanks for having Pleasure. me, for, for having the time, making the time to come out to the show, being a part of it with us. How can people who have listened to this show, how can they say, man, this guy, Zach, is cool? How can they follow along with what yeah. you're doing and learn more about what you do? Yeah, sure. So EV Resource um, basically was created to, to spread information about electric vehicles. And, and a lot of my... Um, joy and obsession with the technology and, and just how things are moving into the future. So EV resource, I mean, you can Google that and find all of the social media stuff on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all Perfect. of that. Um, and the webpage EV resource.com. All right. We'll be sure to link to that in the show notes of this one. Thank you so much for being here. And if you're here with us at long Island, it is not, yeah, it is long Island. We were in long beach, a few months ago there, buddy. I, I'm still there. My heart is still on the beach. But I will say this. We're here at Long Island. Obviously, it's great. And I will say, final plug, because it's lunchtime, the food carts are open. Yeah. Oh, and they're right by us, too. They're so right by us. If you're, if you're here, if you're coming straight down that entrance all the way to the back where the EV ride and drives are, over to the right, get those food carts if you're hungry. We've got places to sit for you and the family. Just want to make sure that everybody's also getting hydrated, getting their food. But I'm hungry, and that's why I'm bringing this up, because, of, because the food carts are open. So, All right, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Follow us along on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Electrify News. Thanks for listening to the Electrify Podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo. Be sure to catch full video episodes on YouTube at Electrify TV and follow along on social media for daily clips and more.